What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers, a D&D podcast of lucid dreams and festering nightmares. The Dreamwalkers have battled their way out of many a harrowing situation. From coliseums to airships, the group has been searching for a way to finally end the threat of the usurpers who have taken Mercurius, the city of dreams. Now, gathered at the tavern at the end of dreams, what's left of their group has come together in order to determine a course of action. Their choices may very well determine whether there are any worlds left to dream. Let's find out what happens in this, our next episode. Tables are cleared. You'd be forgiven for believing just for a moment that this tavern had never seen the drop of a coin or the passing of a nail. Instead, you find yourselves led to a thick wooden table, one that carries with it an importance that you can feel but can't quite place. The history of this table is embedded in the existence of the tavern itself, as if once before, a meeting of great import was held. Alice sits down, Whatever drinks that you wanted are already here. Find a seat. She looks around the table and finds the view a little a little worrisome. There's not many here. So she takes a swig of whatever's in her her mug and she says, Before we started training, I had asked everyone to come up with a plan. How are we going to win this fight? The dangers of them holding the mirror walk and Mercurius and whatever else they've gotten their hands on is imminent. We need to make a decision and we need to move as fiercely as possible. There are many factors at play. There's a lot of different ways that we can approach this. And this is what I asked of all of you. Each of you to come up with a plan that you believe in. It's the plan that you believe is going to get us where we need to be. I want each of us to present our plan, and I want each of us to convince everyone of that plan. If you've come with thoughts that you're not sure about, I don't believe it's going to help us. You need to come with conviction. Tell us how you see this happening. From those plans, we will either combine, replace, remove, and move forward with something that will get us Mercurius back. And she leaves the floor open. Tristana? (laughs) (laughs) Tristana goes on for about 45 minutes about ducks. (laughs) This is like plan about ducks or horse-sized ducks. Or she just really got obsessed with the duck feet that she saw earlier and she can't stop thinking about them. And that definitely maybe they could all turn into giant ducks and just eat Mercurius and then like, and it just goes on. And then. Also, can we go check on Rolanus? Like, I'm a little worried about Rolanus. Yeah, yeah. There's probably, yeah. The Powered patron saint of Hopscotch's duck army. Yeah. <laughs> if no one else wants to go, Harold say, I can, I can tell you my plan. All right. All eyes fall on Harold. So I've, I guess in a way I've dealt with these kind of guys before. They rule by fear. Much like the bugbears. They're bullies. But also, just like any living creature, they grabbed onto the first thing. They wanted a grudge. They're holding a grudge against me and us. My plan has four parts. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I feel like I'm like, now I'm a, welcome to my TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) This is my four-part plan. Four-part plan. How to win back Mercurius. Synergize, energize. Yeah, it eight easy days. (laughs) Called trickle-down dreaming. Um, No, uh, the plan goes as, my my plan goes as follows. First, we got to talk to Patch. He needs to know more about this. He may have information that we need. From Patch, we need two things. We need to find the location of the architect, and we need to 
him to start implanting our story into storytellers, both Lucid and Don. These guys are tyrants, and they rule by fear. I think you even said it yourself, Alice, that they're ruling by fear. And I found the only thing that works against fear is hope. So if they can tell our story of how we've battled them and come this far, their power will be greatly diminished. We also reach out to the Forge as well, through the Bards, and hopefully power them to be an army and a backup. Then we go to Mercurius, or then we find the Architect. The Wild Patches putting in those dreams and spreading this hope, we find the Architect. If the Architect can build worlds, the Architect can build Mercurius and build all these securities, he knows he's put in safeguards, ways in which we can take back the power, uh, the Tower of uh, Inspiration. There's got to be a weak point or a way in. Um, so we find that out. And then when we go in there, and then we go in there. And at that point, we split up. And we give them what they want, which is me. These people aren't just full of fear. They want to torment me. They want to torment us all. But if I can cause a distraction, I can give you guys time and space, then you can take back the Tower of Inspiration. We can break the mirrors so that we're locked in there alone. Break the mirror? Take back this. Alice is and trying to be quiet, but... Isn't that the way in? The only the, way in and out? The mirror walk? Yeah. She's, she gets quiet. If nothing else, we can lock them in there with us. We can keep them. And if we can fight them off and we can win, then we can open the city again. And if we can't, then there's an army of dreamers and inspired people who know our story and know how we battled, who are out there waiting for them. You're full of wisdom today, Harold. You know, sometimes I go quiet just to go vague. <laughs> I agree with every point you made, maybe in very slightly different order with the exception of giving you up. We cannot let them win anything anymore. They have taken too much, and I will be damned before they take you. Well, before we get too far into debating the plans, Vernon, would you like to share yours? Very much like Harold said, although I believe we start where we are on Cog, and we find Sanctuary to reach out to the Forged. After that, we head to help Patch in Stardust. We take Patch's wisdom with us to find the Architect. We move to Mercurius. Greg? I mean, my, my idea was pretty much... The same thing, you know, get the forged if we can to help us as much as possible. We definitely got to talk to Patch. I mean, we haven't seen Patch in a while, but he's got to have, he's got to have something. I mean, didn't he help stop the nightmares way back when before? He's got to have something that could help us. And, and then, I, I do agree with Harold, we might. We might have to break the mirror walk. I mean, just from what I've seen already, they've they've got a hold on it. They're using it. And we can't let them just start going everywhere with it, you know? I mean, they could really just start spreading more and it's just going to get worse the longer they got access to it. I mean... I don't know if Callion's okay. So I, I think that that might be something we gotta do. I also don't like giving you up, Harold. That's we we can't we can't just keep losing each other like this. I'm lucky to make it this far. No, 
I understand. No, and I agree. I don't want to be given up, but I feel like they want to torment. When I first met them and we did the and we did the ritual, it broke because I didn't have a name. And I saw their frustration and their anger. And I think it shattered their world. And that's how Alice found us. So if we can tap into that same anger and frustration, we can get them open and we can make mistakes. I don't know, maybe. They're, they're getting smarter. A lot smarter. What do you mean? <sighs> the last ones that I've seen mean usually they just kind of, you know, mindless, you know, they just kind of fight you and no, they weren't doing that anymore. The being... I think we're aware of that as well, yes. It's, it's just getting worse and worse, and I, I don't know. I feel like they're getting people on their sides, too. I mean, this guy, I don't know. He seemed like... <sighs> this is where I worry about heading to COG to get sanctuary. I worry it leaves us open in the waking. To allies, they may have formed. It's true. That's true. And I think there are two people on COG that I can, can help us. And I think there's a third out there, but I don't know where he is. But I think if we tell the story enough, that he'll do his own thing. There is a danger, Alice says, in feeding them more dreamwalkers. I think that is... That is something that we have to calculate. I will say this, that my plan is a bit similar to the rest of yours, with one possibly controversial uh, inclusion. We can't travel together. We do not have time to travel to Stardust, meet with Patch, and all of us leave together and go on a hunt for the architect, and then head on over to Cog, and travel their world, and then meet with their emissary, whatever is their spiritual leader. By time we get everything in order. If it's not too late, it'll be too late. I do not understand how we could possibly pull this off traveling together. How, how do we split up that? I mean, we all go I would separate. go one way. You'd have to go the other. So just just you split up from us. No, I was trying to be funny. It, I'm not very funny. I mean, we'd all have to pick an objective and attempt to complete it. Regardless of the dangers. I do not see another way. For what it's worth, Lady Tristana and I are very near Sanctuary, or where we believe Sanctuary may be. Well, you're not near him anymore. No, because we're here. here. I think you and Tishana need to go talk to Patch more than anyone. I can hunt the architect. Greg, you know Cog. I know people there. I think you have the most advantageous way to move around and find sanctuary. We meet up here, and then we go into Mercurius. <sighs> what is our plan once we get into Mercurius, though? Because our plan can't be just fight. I think the mirror walk thing is important. We gotta take care of that real quick. I think I think you're right. I think based on what the ritual was trying to happen, they needed to sneak someone into Mercurius to break its fortification. I think the other fortification works, so I think we need to break the mirror walk and we need to take back the Tower of Inspiration. Then that's me. So we're letting you go in to Mercurius and because, right, and so this is out of character, uh, tense scene, and then, like, my understanding is the mirror, like, the mirror walk is in Mercurius, and that's where she has to break mm -hmm. everything there. And then can we still, and we can get in through the Tavern of Dreams, right? Or the there are ways into Mercurius, but once you're in there, Alice says, without the mirror walk, I don't know that there's a way out. Okay. Yeah, then I think it's... We, we have... 
I, you know, as I said before, we can shut down the reflections throughout the city. I just have this terrible feeling that once we do, the difficulty in bringing them back is the problem. I think, I think we have to shut it down. And if nothing, if nothing else happens, I think if we can find the architect and talk to him, we can build a new Mercurius, even if the old one is... If we get in there and we shut him down and we take everything out, you know, we'll be able to figure something out. And if we don't get him out, then at least, you know, at least we shut him down. Are you talking about the destruction of Mercurius? Is that on the table? What does, I mean, what does that mean if we do? To be honest, I don't know. I have to confess something. I don't leave me curious. Don't ever leave me curious. I don't know what it means to lose it. How long has it been around? Hundreds, if not thousands of years. You'll always have a safe place here. Yeah. I know it's not the same, and I don't think it will come to that. But if it will trap them, and if it will save the dreamers, the awaking, it will stop the nightmares that we saw. I saw the future. The pain and the suffering. And it's true, it is something that we have to, that might have to be lost, but. I've seen them start to try to take, to, to do what you guys said they, you saw. It's, you can't let it happen. It's terrible. So, to reiterate, currently the plan what about the other dreamwalkers? The dreamwalkers that are out there or who are potentially taken? I have a thought, and I don't think it's one you're going to like. I don't know if you should go into Mercurius. I think maybe you should begin the hunt for the other dreamwalkers. Is the strongest one, if they're taken, take them back. If they're not, bring them home safe. But I don't know how to release them. Have you... How have you freed Dreamwalkers? Well, the one sort of, like, I picked them up and then we, like, jumped into the river. And then it just kind of, like... Water, a cleansing. I I guess. I don't know. Or that already, like, spooked it out of it. I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of, like... Think, yeah. It ran into the rushing water and it... And it washed off. Yeah. Okay, so buckets. So either the river was really, like, really good river, or it, it either that or we, like, really threw it off and it just kind of surprised it out? I don't know. So to reiterate, the plan is to bring the Forged of Cog and the Architect together, along with the Wisdom of Patch. Perhaps a visit with Patch is in order first, no matter what. Yeah, I think he might be able to help us find the architect, too. Alice, uh, I think you need to find other dreamwalkers. And if we fail, you need to come up with a better plan <laughs> and carry us on. Because I don't, I think the one thing that we can't lose in all of this is hope. Because that's what they want. They want us to feel alone. They want us to feel small. They want us to feel like they are undefeatable. But they can't control their chaos. No matter how smart they get. And they can't control hope. And they can't control us dreaming. And so we take those and we use those. We use those against them. What do we do if we can't get the architect? If we can't get him, then... I think we have to go in. Are we all of the same mind as to why we want the architect? 
Now, I want him for just his knowledge of weaknesses within, because I feel like he probably has built something that can be exploited. I'm guessing, and that's and it's a guess because I don't, I've never met the architect. That if he can build these worlds and if he can build these defenses, he has prepared for the idea that the Tower of Inspiration may be taken at some point, and he has built in something that will allow it to either crumble, fall, or be exploited to take back. And yeah. I imagine he held that very close to him. Not to mention, I mean, if. He can build worlds and stuff. I think at the very least we need to get him back here because we really don't want him out in the middle of the waking where the nightmares can just come and attack him or something. I mean, we need to get him somewhere safe, so... Yeah, then we can we can rebuild... Yeah, if nothing else, it's like... If we can lock down Mercurius and keep them there and we can build a new base and a new place to build up our army and we can stop the torment... There's another consideration for the architect. Is it that he's hot as hell? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs some hot candy. Oh, sorry, okay, God. sorry. She kind of leans forward and says, The architect builds worlds. I just want to put it out there that maybe the reason that we're retrieving the architect is just in case. I, I, that's why I think we gotta keep him here safe, at least if we don't take him with us. Yeah, I that's think... Part of the strategy I th- that I want to talk about is it? do we feel that we need to bring him in to Mercurius? Or to keep him here? I think keeping him safe. I think he gives us, like, ideas and... Maybe- so we're planning for the possibility that we lose everything. We are literally talking about building a new world. It's always good to have a backup, huh? Mm-hmm. Realistically, we're in the process of losing everything now. They're already starting. We don't know how big they're going to go. We can only speed it up or stop it. With that, she t- t- finishes off her mug and she just leans back. Who goes where? Well, it sounds like we all go to Patch. Yeah, and then, I mean, then we're at the Dreaming Tree, so we can go pretty much anywhere at that point, right? Um, Yeah, no, I think the next move is to go to Patch, and then maybe when we know more, then we just decide there, and we split up, and it's either going to be teams of us or one-on-one. I kind of feel strongly right now that it's probably, I don't know, I it might be good for Trishana to go find the architect, but Vernon, I would want you to go with her. Uh, and maybe we would go to COG to re- recruit the Forge because we're both from COG. We may be able to be in there. Uh, but I also don't know if we have kind of... That's like my first guess, but I also don't want to be like, this is what everyone's doing. Um, I mean, that's kind <laughs> of what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, it sounds like Vernie and... Guys, we all have our action items. We'll have a scrub meeting about this. Uh, this is our sprint. It's a two-week plan. <laughs> Guys, then there's going to be a code freeze, a dream freeze after this, and we'll rebuild New Curious next sprint. It'll be great. It's perfect. No, I think, yeah, I think it's go to patch, get more information, probably go in those ways. Um, and once we either complete or fail our mission, regardless, we return here as soon as we can. And then we attack Mercurius, and hopefully Alice has helped. I would say Alice should keep doing what she's doing, which is finding world walkers or finding dream walkers, training them as best as she can, and building essentially there's a plan B, which is we have the architect. Yeah. We have Mercurius 2.0. We have, yeah, we have, yeah. It, <laughs> and like, yeah, plan A through D, it, you know, plan A is take back Mercurius. Uh, plan B is send in another group to do plan A better than us because Alice has trained them properly. Uh, plan you three if is, you wipe, do you make a new group or are you talking about just sending in the NPCs? I'm just, I'm just saying like, 
I think I, we play it's, the NPCs you know, then. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just like at some point, you know, it's like there's I a call reason. Lucy. Be there's a, a reason. Oh my yeah. god. There's a reason. There's a reason the Justice League let the Teen Titans hang out together. It was just like, okay, just in case we get wiped, like maybe, <laughs> maybe B Squad. You never know. You know, it's always good to have a. You know, and then Alice just keeps training people so that it's... as long as we convince Raven to stay on the team. Yes. <laughs> teen what is it? You know what it feels like? It feels like a. Do you guys play, did you ever play XCOM? It's like, you're like, you have your main squad and then you're like, okay, hold on, but I'm going to invest in another sniper and another big gunner just in case (laughs) they get wiped out by the aliens in this battle. You never know. (laughs) I don't want anyone thing to happen, but you never, but no, I think that way she's like getting more and especially if she can come and kind of cleanse them, I think she'll probably be the best to gauge that too. I think. Um, and I think hopefully Patch will have information on all of that. And break! <laughs> Dream Detectives! Oh, I mean, sorry. All right. And she stands up and she says, I suppose we should go speak to Patch then. Sounds like it. Yeah, plan one, pep talk with Patch. Plan two, split up and get all the other stuff. Fetch quest. The musical. Uh, plan three. All the side quests. You say Time fetch quest the musical? Yeah. Go <laughs> the side quest, let's go fishing. Yeah. Vernon <laughs> stands up and kills his tall, cold glass of milk. Wipes the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alice stands up and slowly walks behind the bar. There's no doorway to Stardust. There's no easy way to get there. Well, there's sort of an easy way, I suppose. And she starts pulling out small little tankards and putting them on the bar. Vernon kind of grins and taps the tankard at his side. It's not going to be enough. Actually, Vernon's very worried. He doesn't drink anymore. Same. After the last debacle. Greg's a little worried, too. Harold reaches deep into his pocket and pulls out a shower cap, which he puts over his ears. <laughs> he gets out his drink. He's ready hat. to go. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> little straws. <laughs> I imagine this thing just is like, this is protect my ears in case for when I get If it sick. helps, <laughs> it's not really alcohol. Oh. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you can't mix this with alcohol and have something that is consumable. Hmm. Is this the green dream stuff? Essentially. Okay. Well, alcohol or no, the last time I used it was not great. Well, we have to find a way to start us. Let's get doors. Let's go. Our, you know, before uh, consuming, Carol would hold up a glass. And he would say, to hopes and dreams, to friends, to family. And all that pushes the darkness back. And then he would. Alice meets your glass. And one by one, each of you works your way into an incredibly deep slumber. As you seem to fade away from both the waking and the dreaming. The next thing you know, each of you wakes up with sand beneath you. Calm waves crashing against the shore. You just kind of stir and you look up at a beautiful night sky. One that is breathtaking and fills you with wonderment as you slowly realize you're not looking at a sky. You're looking at the canopy of an expansive tree one that stretches over the entirety of this beach and off of shore and possibly but maybe not it's kind of hard to comprehend this tree might extend over this small little island that you're on there's a cool breeze and between that and the, the crashing of the waves you find yourself and your senses kind of stirred. 
Alice is already up and she's holding her knees. Like sitting on the beach, looking out into the water. It's almost impossible to tell the water apart from the midnight sky. It's dizzying. Harold would probably put his feet in the water and just stand on the edge and gaze at the beauty. This is the dreaming tree? This is stardust. And up above us, and she looks up in that wondrous canopy is the dreaming tree. It's filled with stars. Like, again, you initially thought that the sky itself was open, but it is an enormous, expansive tree of unknown height with twinklings all throughout. And maybe also as interesting, fireflies. Large, glowing, like bulbs of firefly light and drift and twist and ebb and flow into the tree. How are we supposed to find Patch here? Where would he where we even start? She turns around. If you start walking inland, you start walking towards a small village. And in the middle of that village is the dreaming tree. The trunk is enormous. It's twisted and knotted but not in a uh, foreboding way. It's, it is the tree that you could have leaned against and drifted off and found comfort in. It's the tree that you played in when you were a child. It's the tree that you first sat down with, with your true love. It's the tree that you needed after the passing of a loved one. It is all those things and more. And you find it sitting in the middle of this small village. Harold um, runs up to the tree and he walks around it um, and he's looking for a, a particular nook like on a tree. It's low. It was tall when you were younger. (laughs) And he rubbed his hands over it. He was like, this is the first place I felt safe when sleeping. That first night in the forest. People start coming out of the, the homes in the village. They're all wearing very comfortable robes. They're not wearing all the same robes. It's nothing, um... It would bring concern to you, but everyone dresses very light and airy here. Like the robes are made of a fabric that appear heavy, but the way that they shift in the air, you can tell that they're they're more like linen um, in construction. But they, again, they don't have that imagery. People of all sorts are here, all sorts of races, probably all sorts of worlds as well, and they all start to seem confused and peek out and look around as all of you grow nearby. Hi. Yes, Harold is like so enraptured in this spot because it is like, it's the first time he was like, oh, he just, you know, it's almost reminiscing to himself. Like, I thought I've climbed so high and this is the first night he remembers actually having a dream. And then he would be like, uh, and he would turn around. He would be like, oh, oh. Uh, he would probably look over to Alice and be like. Alice never left the beach. Oh, she did Uh, Hi. <coughs> We're looking for Patch. Seen him? They all start to kind of whisper, but there's a point in the dreaming tree that stretches and it's it's already opened you could walk inside of that and who knows how far you'd be able to travel and stepping out of that kind of opening in the dreaming tree you see first a pair of heavy leather boots that kind of come into the light and then you see this individual who is uh seems kind of well dressed they have a uh, green weathered slacks 
I have worn leathered gloves and a tucked-in beige shirt that's buttoned up. There's a cloak of midnight blue that drapes the figure, and if you stare at the fabric out long enough, if you if you take it in and you understand it, you will see the tracings of stars on a clear autumn night. Those stars, if you were to kind of fall into them, might even trace into constellations. Some familiar, some not. There's a brown goatee of sorts that kind of sticks out from under the hood of the cloak. It's almost three inches in length. And you're you're trying to follow that into a face, but there's nothing to see. It's not as if the shadows fall over the face. You cannot find an identity under the hood. Not only that, but there's the impression that the face itself is scarred. You cannot see the scar, but you understand that it's there. There's a satchel that hangs uh, over the figure as well, one that they're kind of adjusting. As they walk out, and Greg, I believe that you've already at some point seen this individual along with Harold, but Vernon, this is your first time. Mm. This individual comes out and... The people, they're not scared, they're not intimidated. They obviously have some sort of familiarity with this figure, but they do head back into their homes. This individual walks over and adjusts the satchel and comes out and he says, I did not expect to see you all here as uh, he comes into your area and shakes Vernon's hand. I have not had the pleasure. My name is Patch. This is Stardust. It's a wonderful place. I'm Vernon Bigelow. I know. So I'm sure you know that Mercurius is in trouble. His head hangs low. But we have a plan that we would believe work. Where's Alice? Uh, you know, I think she's back on the beach here. I can, uh, okay, I'll go, I'll go get her. No, 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 no. If she's not coming, then there's a reason. Okay, sure. I suppose we should talk. Yeah. Let's go to a place where we can actually think. And he walks inside of the dreaming tree. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Harold would say, after you, and point to Vernon. Follow. You walk into the dreaming tree... And whatever you were expecting, you're most likely surprised because the moment you walk in, you instead find yourselves walking the thick branches of the dreaming tree. There's no telling how high up you are. There's no fear of... You should not have any concern about falling. You have a wide breath and you're able to traverse it with complete ease. He's up about two branches, so he's up maybe about... 10 feet. All of you are in different parts of the dreaming tree. You're able to walk those same, whether they're actually fireflies or something entirely different, they give off this ambiance, this glow, this this beautiful kind of a, it basks the area in this wonderful balance of yellow light. Um, and he seems perfectly at home here. And he begins kind of walking the branches a bit, but stays in your area. Then he turns and stops and looks at you, and he says, I suppose that there are many questions. We have a lot to discuss, but presumably the first, the most important question is, what am I doing here? I hate to admit this. I am, there are many things that I suppose I'm capable of. But as I've explained before, when it comes to the nightmares, their number, their volume, their their very composition leaves me fairly powerless to stop them. I can bar their entry into Stardust, but I need to be with the Dreaming Tree to do that. There are things that I'm capable of, and it may not seem like much, but the protection of the Dreaming Tree is the most important aspect of my job. 
the dreaming tree falls, the dreaming and the waking collapse. I'm very, very sorry. In my day, before this, I was something of an adventurer. It was very difficult for me, at times, to be who I am and remember who I was. I greatly apologize. Don't apologize. I don't think you should apologize for who you are. This is a very important place, definitely. Gotta keep it safe. (laughs) You know, I'm used to leading the conversations. I'm used to informing people and and making, making decisions. And I suspect that your perspectives are far more important than mine. So I would like to get out of my own way and help you in whatever way I can. What what can I do for you? I guess uh, first, Ty, how's it going? Um, sorry, well, that's a bad lead-in. I'm going <laughs> to take that question back. Um, yeah, uh, clearly, yeah, in a way that maybe up to this point, um, Harold hasn't seen today, he clearly doesn't have his things together. <laughs> and he's starting to kind of fumble over words. And, um, you know, he... He's, he doesn't seem to be in awe of much, but he's in awe of this. Um, and he says, and you know, like he kind of blinks for a little bit and you can tell he remembers his plan. And he's like, we, we can but ask of a few things from you. Um, we know you can't leave here and it is, per, it is important that you protect this place. But I think there are other important people that you may know the location of. Most importantly, the architect. Tompkins. Is that his is that his name? It is. He doesn't like to be called the architect. What do you, what do you need with him? If Topkins built Mercurius, then I hope, I speculate, because he seems to have built many great defenses, that he built one into the Tower of Inspiration, which they seem to hold, and which this seems to give them great strength. We propose to go into Mercurius. We propose to close off the mirror walk. And take back the tower and hopefully reopen it. It also seems that these nightmares are taking dreamers. And I think keeping Tompkins safe and not having a uh, nightmare-powered architect would be the most favorable position to be in. So if you know anything about his position or about his place. Do you know many years ago they came for him? He was, well, it was a different time, but there was a point. I heard he had a great dwarven friend who was <laughs> great and fair, and he loved him very much. There was a time, the end of his life, when he, when he wished to die, that he became known to the nightmares. And I interceded. I I brought him and I asked him to build me a city. And that's where Mercurius comes from. I think I would very much ask you to to bring my friend back. We we wanna we wanna help protect him at the very least. Yeah. If we do you know where he is. I do. He's on the well, world of us. He's on Relanus, so there you go. Tristana can, uh, she'll be really happy to go back home. But I do have important information for you. Okay. Information that may be hard to digest. Oh, boy. There are no defenses for Mercurius. None? None? If you were to bring Tompkins... He would not be able to show you all the secret defenses he built in. Because it's not who Tompkins is. Mm. The Tower of Inspiration was fueled by his own hopes. Tompkins could very much bring certain aspects of Mercurius back under control. He has an incredible will. And his presence would 
remove the complete control that the dream hunters most assuredly have over the city and its shape and its reality. But he would not be able to show you where the glyphs are. If that were to make sense. Yeah. He's an architect. But he's not anything more than that. I think his safety, I think it may come down then to that at some point we may lose Mercurius. We may need his mind to help build Mercurius, or I don't know what you would call a second one. <laughs> New Mercurius. Too curious. Ooh. <laughs> Mercurius, sir. Mercurius, sir. There you go. Still, I feel like his value could be, his information could be valuable, and I think his safety is important, especially in these times. I agree. It sounds like if we could get him back here, that would be a place that is advantageous. Yes. In case whatever comes may, the dreaming falls outside of this, then I think we'll need his skill to help rebuild. Great. No, he's on. Do we know where on Rolanus? I've made this mistake before thinking Rolanus, something was a city when it turned out to be a whole state. And it sounds <laughs> like it turns out to be a whole world. So. The dreaming tree can take you wherever you need to go. If you dream of it. Uh, second, I don't fully comprehend the extensions of your power. Um, but what I find about these nightmares is that they seem to be powered by fear and to prey on fear. The nightmares are fear. The nightmares are their pain. They seek to inflict pain and to sow fear wherever they go. But it does not mean that they're immune to it. They feed off of others' fear. But they themselves are capable of fear as well in certain circumstances. They are also very much creatures of emotion. Their emotions can be manipulated like anyone else. So, say for instance, could you, if a person was taken by nightmares, kind of like scare them out of one? Because it kind of seemed like that happened one time. When a nightmare does what they're doing, what they wish to do with you, Harold, they form something of a bond with their their victim. And in that instant, not only do they take on certain characteristics, but they also, I, I surmise that they take on aspects of their personality as well. The dream hunters seem to have some horrid agenda. And I don't think it's completely fueled by the nightmares. I think that whoever these people were before they were taken by the nightmares, there was something else entirely before they were lost, let's say. But yes, I there is not something that nightmares are necessarily universally afraid of. But the nightmares... I believe I believe they obtain the fears, the personalities of those that they host or that they bond with. What are you referring to? One of the the dreamwalkers on on Cog that I know, he was possessed by one of them. And he was attacking us, and I, I grabbed him, but I we jumped into the river together, and I think it just kind of I don't know if it just. Scared him so much he thought he was going to wash away, or I don't know what exactly happened, but... Who it, was it? Brother Steel. Well, how well do you suppose Brother Steel could swim? I mean, he he just kind of sank to the bottom, so not not really at all. And he kind of looks at you and nods. So we can play under their fears, maybe, to get him... Ah! And then we become the nightmares. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> so I'm wondering... I find that fear's greatest enemy is hope. I find people who try to rule by fear are most afraid of hope staying alive. And I found, at least in the goblin community, and it seems to be reflected in other 
communities and every creature that I found so far is that stories and storytellers are the ones that keep the dreams alive and the hopes alive. I'm wondering if you can reach out and through the dreams and place those hopeful dreams, possibly of the dream walkers, possibly of the dreaming tree, whatever you think is best, so that even if the nightmares are to take Mercurius and travel, that hope is still spreading. It looks a little... You you can't again. You can't see his face, but he he seems to pull away from the idea of just a touch, and he says, "Do you know I did this before? Did what before? You spread the stories. There was terrible, terrible series of calamities that befell the worlds long ago. Well, maybe not that long ago, but the point is, afterwards." very much wanted to make sure that the the deeds of the heroes that helped were known and that they could be a source of inspiration and most people don't even remember it and it's it it, it was spread as as pure truth and within a few years they became stories and legends and they were dismissed. Even from the one world that should have believed it happened. And I am so inspired by what you just said. But forgive me a moment's grievance. I, I will do as you ask if you really want me to. I'm just worried about momentarily opening up Stardust reaching out across the worlds and then having people dismiss it it's why you're all here incidentally the dreamwalkers were in part formed to go out and actually inspire through action and deed I was just say, if you do reach out, I have a feeling that one way that might get people to keep listening, just tell them Hopscotch was a part of it, because everybody seems to know that guy, so just, you know. Hopscotch is a good man. I think you know the story more than us. And I think if you can find Hopscotch and tell him <laughs> to tell the story, I think our words will go far and wide. Everybody knows that guy. I feel like he could get done. Mm-hmm. There's also a man on Cog former gunslinger who I know has the silverest tongue and I feel if you reached out to him he can convert a lot as well you can feel a bit of a smile and he says I, I will keep that in mind oh I am but a mere goblin of uh you know I actually don't know how old he is but probably if uh, you know I'm I don't have much longer to live so what may seem like a short time maybe a lifetime maybe generations for someone like me Nods. So maybe you discredit yourself a little bit. But we also want to reach out to Sanctuary. We've. Maybe you can. Why? And it kind of stands up straight. Um, He's like the leader of the Forge. Sanctuary is restricted. Wait, what? He's the leader of the Forge, right? I mean. Oh. Oh yes, not the, the sanctuary is a is a forge. Is there's probably another place called sanctuary? Maybe it's a, not a location. Oh, is, a, is a forged? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the he's like the the leader, the spiritual leader of them. They all look up to him. Do you, oh, do you know what a forged is? Not one named sanctuary. Well, we think not a dreamwalker. Forged right? dreamwalker. Uh, not not that we know of. Although okay. we. We hear that supposedly the Forged are all lucid dreamers. Is this true? Do you know this? Yeah, that's actually, that's the more key question before we get into the sanctuary. Yeah. Oh, technically, yes. Why have we not tried to tap into that resource? I mean, that seems like a good one. <laughs> it kind of laughs. Um, he says, well, he tries to struggle to answer this. The idea of recruiting an entire race of people for their capabilities 
was something that and I don't know how to put it into words, but I felt slightly uncomfortable with instead of, you know, measuring the merit of the person as we do on our current recruitment posters, if you will, to, to take them and everything they've suffered, everything they've been through. And then to try to bring them all, it's, it's an unfair ask. I mean, we don't have to, I'm not like we're going to force them, but I mean, I feel like we should at least mention, hey, you know, there's all this stuff going on. You guys could help if you want to. It feels We'd no different it. than the recruitment of an army from any other kingdom. If you're asking why I haven't, I'm not speaking as to right now. I mean, if you're well, asking why I didn't, that's well, why. No. Their, their people have suffered far That's too fair. much to be asked to step up. They deserve a chance to build their place in their world. They won't have a, they won't have a place if we don't succeed. I'm not talking about right now. It's, it's Greg's question of why didn't we ever tap into it. That was why I was hesitant to, to do that. Whether or not we should do this now, of course, is a different conversation and one that seems to have merit. So what exactly was your question? I propose um, that if we get the architect and we offer them this choice to help us, that perhaps for their suffering and for their helping, we can reward them. I, I, I don't know if the arch- I heard the architect could build worlds. I don't know if the Forge want their own world. I don't know if they oh. just maybe want a place in the dreaming. I, I don't know what we can offer them. That is, well, it's a whole other conversation, I suppose. However, I will say you, that. You negotiate that and we'll <laughs> save McCurious. <laughs> you deal with the logistics. And again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but one thing you should consider is that the strength of the Forged lies much more in the waking than the dreaming. They are all lucid dreamers, but would you say that when you started, you were capable of the same as you are now? Well, I'm not, what I'm all, all that I am pointing out, all the picture that I am trying to paint is the forged, would be used as foot soldiers and nothing more. And we'd be turning farmers into foot soldiers at that. Right. And I'm not saying that, you know, we, we need, we need to do this. And maybe it is fair to ask, but I just want to illustrate that we've never tapped into them. We actually don't have any forged in, we don't have any forged of cog in the Dreamwalkers. So there's very little chance that any of them know how to do what we'd be asking them to do. If it still seems to be a, a, an aspect of the plan, then I would leave that discussion for a, a, a moment later. But it, it should be noted that whatever they're capable of, these unwilling war machines of the past, that is not what they would bring into the dreaming. I'm not trying to strike this from the table, but it, it, it could be the equivalent of genocide. Well, I mean, and that's if we get all of them. What if we got a few, you know, like the most pa- like, I mean, what if we got this sanctuary guy? I mean, he's, he's supposed to be super, super strong and spiritual. I mean, if he's real spiritual, maybe he's like really good in the dreaming or something, you know? He might be. It's, it's worth consideration. And I just don't have any more information for you about that. I, I think it's worth, if you, can open the doors in that communication that would be great i don't i i'm with you i uh i am again a goblin who spent most of his life being a slave who didn't really get a proper name till just a few years ago uh so there are things i have not seen there are things i don't know about and this seems to fall it in could one be of a worthy conversation what else can i help you with well, uh, I mean, you know, ex- you, you kind of seem to know where Tompkin is. Do you know where, like, other people are? Like, other dreamwalkers, maybe? I- oh, yes. I 
could help you get to anyone you want to. So the dreaming tree. Like, so do you like have like an awareness of where they are? Or just if we think about where the person or something. I need to know who you're looking for. Oh, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Callion or that Thistleberry guy. Yes. You, you could find both of them. Yes. Looks at the others. Everyone has a story. And I am the endless bard. So how do we, uh, we, we talked about splitting up. Uh, how do we want to do this? So my thought is we definitely need to get the architect. And I feel like if he's on Rolanus, Sana knows Rolanus the best and is probably going to be more apt. Uh, I don't trust Drasana alone. So Sir Vernon, I would ask you to go with her. Um, sounds like it might be worth going to get Thistleberry, Greg, and it might be worth talking to Sanctuary. Patch says, I'm sorry to interrupt, but may I ask a question? Um, yeah, of course. I believe that we should save everyone, obviously. However, I have a bit perplexed as to why you want Thistleberry specifically when, at the moment, you have the Dreaming Tree. I mean, yeah, originally we needed them to help find the other lucids, but like he said, we don't necessarily have a lot of time to That is my us. concern. How how many more people are you recruiting before you move on Mercurius? I honestly, I think to move on Mercurius, we need the architect. And so maybe it's worth just going to get the architect, learning what we can about Mercurius, if there's any secrets, and then going into Mercurius. I believe that you might find just as much information with a few other individuals. Oh yeah, if you have other people you'd recommend. Tompkins can tell you much about Mercurius, but there are others who have actually survived the City of Nightmares, as it's now called. Who's that? They're not lucid. And they're on Rolanus as well. Well, then it sounds like we go find Tompkins. We go find the survivors of the City of Nightmares. And then we take it back and we return it to its former glory as the City of Dreams. Two individuals in specific you'll want to speak to because they always travel together. A mouse folk named Mabel, along with her friend, her companion, Paddington. You'll find them near Southworth, but they can give you some information as to what they faced inside the city. They dream of it constantly. Is that far from where Tompkins is? A bit, but it's a worthwhile conversation if you choose to have it. And it sounds like we go to Rolanus, two of us go see Tompkins, two of us go see these, we gather the information, we leave Patch in charge of finding maybe the appropriate conduit. There's a great bard on Cog. She is also forged, and so she might be very open to the conversation. Her name's Contessa. Beautiful music. Heartbreaking. Oh no. Something happened? No, it's just her. Her music can be heard in both the waking and the dreaming. Perfect. Then she may be an excellent conduit to get to uh, Sanctuary to begin the conversations with the Forged and spread. And I think no one will understand stories better than a than a bard, you know, and the importance She might of be much more a key component of this than maybe anticipated, actually. Poorly? She's had experience with the dreaming in her own way. Perfect. Then it sounds like there's our representative. If you can reach out to her, then... You'll be reaching out to her. When you're ready, simply walk the branches and you'll get where you want to go. All right. I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. Obviously, we all have a vested interest in how this plays out. But when me and an old friend began the Dreamwalkers, we had... We had hopes of preventing things like these from happening. We very much believed that the Dreamwalkers could make sure 
if it did happen, it would result in a much better ending than could have been. And you're very much our legacy. Well, fear not. Because the story's not over yet, and there's still a chance for a happy ending. Good luck. Thank you. And to you. He begins walking one of the branches. This is Paddington Bear. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of World Walkers. Wait, is this the outro? Yeah. <laughs> oh it. my god. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Hey everyone, this is Paddington Bear. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to World Walkers. We'd especially like to thank the musicians who made their music available. That can be found on Sirenscapes. Like the thing that I say no. it wrong. <laughs> Sirenscapes. Siren Sirenscapes. No. Just Sirenscapes. Siren, what, what is it? Two, the musicians make their their music available. Sirenscape makes their work available because they do the sound effects. No, I get it. Hey, everybody, this is Paddington Bear. Thanks for listening to another episode of World Walkers. We'd like to thank the musicians who made their music available. We'd like to thank Sirenscapes. Or making the sound effects and things. You can find more information about that in the show notes. We like to thank all of you who have been walking these worlds with us, especially those who are with us over at Patreon, which you can find at Patreon slash Worldwalkers. Patreon.com. Patreon slash You know the dot com is is understood. It's implied. (laughs) And and see how it is. And the internet works. Sorry. (laughs) Patreon.com slash worldwalkers. We'll fix it in post. I also do not sound like Paddington. I sound like I'm starting to sound like a very smokily old lady. (laughs) My Batman voice is becoming this like grandmother who loves you very much. Don't, Don't forget to call me. Don't forget. I'm Greg's grandmother. Thanks for listening to his little yeah. podcast here. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, we really appreciate He still lives here. He's a sweet boy. He'll get his things together once he gets his head out of the clouds. His son that looks just like him has a great head. Oh, his beautiful grandson. Oh, he's got his father's nose. Oh, my God. <laughs> the poor boy was broke the first thirty-two <laughs> times. Good job, Wes. Patreon.com <laughs> slash <laughs> World Walk Us. Subscribe at any level. Great, wonderful things. You'll probably Quality. a patron if you're hearing this, because it's Quality. probably going into the bucket of things that only patrons can hear. The shit bucket, because no one loves Great's grandmother. She works so hard for everyone. Who do you think makes cookies for the podcast? Still going. I just a whole, I developed a whole character. I have a whole backstory. Oh, this is Her his and next Earl character. We are going to have so much fun on a side adventure.